Today's scripture comes from Matthew 11 and verses 28 and 30. And it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, welcome back to another episode of the War is Everything podcast. We're glad to have you guys with us. And we actually have a super special guest, someone that I honestly don't know how we got on the show. So, uh, but we're glad to have him. It is uh, Michael from Conviction. So welcome. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, Yeah, I really appreciate you guys uh, reaching out, man. This is going to be cool. Well, I know with all of you guys' schedules, and you said you work third shift, so this is uh, definitely definitely just a God working through our schedules to get it together. <laughs> You're telling me, man. I just woke up. <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. So I was like, please give me a half hour so I can get my things together. I worked third shift for like six months. I, I don't know how I did it, so I feel that. Yeah, not easy. <laughs> so uh, having Michael on, uh, what's it like? I guess just being in convictions, what do you guys, what's the lowdown? Man, it's, uh, it's tough. I'm not going to be, you know, like trying to spin it any other way, man. It's tough with COVID and everything the last year, like we've been struggling, man. Uh, we've had all these plans of playing festivals and touring and everything's been just shut down and looks like it's going to happen all over again. We have a tour we want to announce for the fall and it's just, who knows? <laughs> We're just kind of waiting it out, man. So yeah. it's been pretty tough. But um, I guess aside from performing, which is our bread and butter, um, we've been writing a lot. And uh, we were able to put out a record last year, which is uh, something that we're really, well, actually, no, this year, which we're very excited about. And uh, it's been doing well for us. And we've been blessed and had a lot of really cool people connect with it. So I can't complain. It's just, it's just a bummer. We want to play shows. I think we're all there as musicians. <laughs> yeah. But funny enough, I was just telling Zachariah, my first introduction to Convictions actually wasn't a Convictions song. It was the Billie Eilish cover. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I mean, I was yeah. searching out Christian metal bands as it was, but I just happened upon yeah. that in one of the pages and people were like, yeah, check this out. It's a cover. Like, all right. That's so funny. I feel like a lot of bands, like ours included, will like have this mindset of re- making like a pop song into a cover, like like a cheat code to like grow your audience. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they'll definitely find us now. And uh, you know, I don't think it's really like that anymore. But that's it's funny that it kind of worked for you. Oh, that's <laughs> how I prevailed, did it? <laughs> yeah, that's like one. Uh, yeah, they really did it. Those guys are yeah. awesome. Was that the Taylor Swift song? Yes, <laughs> Black Space. Yeah, that's okay. how I found them. Yeah. So. I love that band. <laughs> so, uh, with the other guys, are you guys all in the same general location, or do you guys live pretty far apart? Oh no, we uh, we are all split up right now. It's it's pretty hectic. I have Josh, uh, our guitar player. He's like the primary writer of the band. He's in uh, Indiana, so him and I will have to do like all our Zoom and Skypes and Facetimes and stuff to coordinate lyrics and composing music and then our drummer lives in colorado and our bass player singer he lives in arizona so we are all over oh wow yeah (laughs) it's pretty crazy were you guys ever all in the same spot or have you always been no at one point in time we were all like here in toledo ohio 
Okay. But uh, we uh, we all kind of branched off and we got some new members. So, uh, well, a new member, and uh, it's just been slowly but surely everybody's spreading out. <laughs> yeah, they're all trying to get away from you, or what? Man, it feels like it. I feel like I'm the last one in the band at some points because I'm just like, <laughs> all right, what are we gonna do today? <laughs> it's just me all by myself here in Ohio. So, no, it's it's going okay. It's really not that much different because uh, I think with uh, the way most people communicate, it's you know like this, like through screens. So, yeah. um, getting people together for a band practice is almost as difficult as just getting on FaceTime. It feels like so it's really not much different. You know. Going back just just a step, um, where I first heard of you guys, one of my friends was telling me he had gone and seen a show of you that he seen you and seen you live. Um, I guess it was probably back in like 2019. I don't know where the show was or anything. Yeah. But, uh, he was telling me he's like, yeah, I saw this band. Like, they were really really good live. He's like, not quite my thing, you know, for the recording wise, but they were so good live. I'm like, let me be the judge of that. And I listened to your stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? This is great stuff. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, that's the goal, right? I mean, when you play live, like, you want to, you know, like, try and win them over. So that's really cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, was, I feel like... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. He was, he's more of, like, a, a deathcore guy. So, like, really oh, okay. a lot heavier stuff than, you know, what you or even we play. So. No, that's awesome. That's re- That says a lot if it's a deathcore person. I know how tough it is to win those guys over. <laughs> um, and now I feel like Spotify is, like, really wanting just to push to be a deathcore band because they put us on their like curated deathcore playlist and i'm like i know we're like heavy but like that's real heavy man i don't know if i'm ready for that but now we're like scratching our heads like maybe we should just keep going heavier because it seems to be working for us (laughs) do it do it oh we've already planned it (laughs) do you guys uh i mean i guess because it's just you and josh that really write correct or does everybody else add in their parts um yeah like well like i guess when when it comes to lyrics like i'll take pretty much most of it but the band like everybody has a say and like we all like contribute and zach is a really good lyricist and so is dan he actually has been really stepping up with his uh like he writes most of our courses now i I feel and he's phenomenal even as his own band so like everybody pulls their weight as far as writing but i think it most of the time starts with just josh and i would just bounce ideas off each other and uh, I, w- I was fortunate enough to contribute um, the majority of I Won't Survive's uh, content with like the interviews and stuff I hosted for the the concept of the record. So I feel really fortunate for that. It, it was nice to be able to get that all out and uh, conduct those interviews. But uh, no, we all pull our weight. I don't want them listening thinking I'm taking all the credit. <laughs> no, that's that's kind of how we run it too. We we kind of form it. It's Zachariah and I that really do it. He's the vocalist and I'm guitar and backing vocals, so it's kind of a similar setup yeah. and then everybody adds as we get ideas rolling. So for the most okay. part, I'm I'm the big metal head of the group. They all come from backgrounds that are not metal. Okay. So a lot of what it is is I ha- I hear something in my head. I'm like, my my uh, guitar playing skills are on about a third grade level. So you know right. I can't even <laughs> sit down and play what I'm thinking. But I'll be like, Hunter, this is exactly what I'm thinking for this, and then I'll hum it out and sound like a moron. But he interprets <laughs> what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Dude, I'm on the I'm uh, literally the same exact boat. Josh and I will go back and forth, and sometimes I'll be like at a red light or like somewhere inconvenient where I can't just like sit down and 
flesh something out for him. So I'll just have my phone and I'll just like, and then I'll be like, send voice memo. And he'll be like, dude, I got it. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> you guys have like something way too similar between the two of you with stuff like that. Yeah. He's, he's done that too. So I'll yeah. send him stuff. Like if I have a rhythm for a specific breakdown that I'm hearing in my head, I'll literally set my phone down and just like tap it out on the yeah. dresser in front of me. And then, yeah, it's, it's great. Yep. I can't play anything. So it's, it's my only way just ad lib and uh, yeah. Try and come up with something. <laughs> Acapella. So, screaming only. That's, that's what you focus on. Yours. Because you said your bass player is the other singer as well, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I pretty much only yell and scream for the most part. Um, I'm doing some covers now where I'll be like trying new things. So like starting singing and pitch screaming and, and cool stuff. But man, it's just tough because like Dan is such a good singer. So it's like, I don't know if I want to like do my like on a scale of like one to ten. I, I like. I strive to get to like a 7.5 in singing and Dan's already at like an 11. So it's like, why I don't want to lessen the quality of our music. <laughs> so screaming is pretty much my forte and I want to master that and be as good as I can be. So I don't really like spend much time working on other instruments or anything. That's definitely fair. Honestly, with uh, the song that we're actually going to be talking about today, the price of grace, uh, the chorus, I don't know if you know periphery, if you're familiar oh, yeah. with that band, Honestly, yeah, cool. that has such a Spencer vibe to it, the okay. the way that he sings it, because it's that pit. It's not a pitch scream. He's actually singing, but it it's right. so high up there. Yeah, yeah, he sings real high. I so. can't even consistently hit those notes singing in falsetto, and that makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's phenomenal, and Periphery is a, is a big compliment. That band is incredible. Yeah, I mean, you guys, it's. I want to say that it's metalcore but you guys have a lot of progressive elements too just with the style and the way that you play you have some of the glitch ideas in the in the musical background yeah that's something that uh josh and uh our producer andrew wade were working on was uh really trying to branch out and do something different so they i couldn't tell you what kind of pedals and gizmos and whatnots they were using but it was like watching scientists in a lab it was pretty exciting to see all the wah pedals and whatever they're using <laughs> to get these sounds but i think the idea more or less is maybe not to be progressive but just to well of course to get the emotion across but to have that like wow factor which is like what would what would uh somebody want to show their friends if they were playing our band you know like dude you gotta hear this one part so it's just kind of like to stand out i think that was a lot of the intent but like i said emotion came first yeah, yeah absolutely earlier today i was actually we were working on some new stuff today and there was a breakdown that is in one song that we're working on and he started adding some like really cool dissonant stuff you know mm -hmm. over top of the breakdown and i'm like dude that sounds really cool but can you add some like convictions like stuff where it's like some cool oh, scrapes man. and stuff like that so like i i use your music as an example for stuff oh, wow. like that <laughs> Dude, that's so cool man <laughs> that's all josh man i i don't have any anything to do with that <laughs> you'll have to get him on there for a gear rundown or something yeah and i actually saw it because i'm i'm friends with three of you guys i don't think i'm friends with the bass player on facebook but uh, uh yeah, I, facebook. I oh, saw josh uh 
Josh has been posting some stuff of him doing vocal covers now, and he's really working on that too. That's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Everybody's starting to sing and do all these different things. We have nothing else to do. We're not playing shows. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> well, it gives you some time to hone the craft, which is good. So yeah, I started working on like Photoshop and then trying to do some graphic design. So it's like everybody's just kind of like branching off, which it's all we can do, but it's good to be productive and as DIY as you can, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, not that I would plan on mentioning this cause it's not really metal related, but uh, the email that you gave us, is that for a, a side business? What, uh, Oh, my, my clothing. Yes. Email. Um, I used to have a clothing line. This is like 2013. It's called Phantom Horse. Okay. Um, so I just kept the email, but, uh, I might, I might, I don't know. I might bring it back. I've actually been putting some thought into that. All right. Well, you heard it here first. So there you go. <laughs> well, uh, not to switch topics to get into stuff that's uh, too heavy, but, uh, the song, this is not just any song. This is a very specific song and it's very personal to you guys. So the price of grace is not one that, uh, you guys just wrote, I guess, as a, I don't know, as a vicarious, like living through somebody else, but this is a guy that you guys knew personally. Yeah. Yeah. This is a real person, a close friend of ours. So I don't know how you want to go through the song. If you want to uh, look at it line by line, that's up to you or, you know, just section by section, however you want to do it. Uh, just so that we can give the fans, I guess, an idea of the writing behind it and how it came to be the story that it is. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can give you the, the audience here, um, like the backstory behind the song. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they, okay. yeah, definitely start with that. Um, well, we wrote the song about a close friend of ours named CJ. Um, I don't, I don't want to like rush through the story cause it's, it's important, but take your time. We're not on a time limit. <laughs> I guess to try and um, keep it short and sweet here. Uh, we had a friend of ours named CJ, who we'd been friends with through, I don't know, the last five years here. He would come and see us play all over the country. It was like Texas, Florida, New York. Like he was traveling all over and he was a big metalhead, awesome guy. We hit it off really well. Him and I kept in touch. Uh, and he had been bringing his non-metalhead friend, uh, Travis, to these shows. And uh, Travis is super kind, very quiet, um, pretty reserved, but he was really enthusiastic about the music. Um, so it was really exciting to see, to see somebody that doesn't know much about the metal scene kind of being brought into it. And uh, yeah, we kept in touch with these guys and we'd see him, you know, as we were touring. And uh, a few years later, um, so this is uh, like 2019, I believe, I had gotten a call from CJ and he told me that Travis took his life. And it took me back, uh, it took all of us back really, it was really a shock. And what really sucked was that we had to go right, right back on the road. It was like, we only had like a week's notice after I got that call. And so me processing it and you know, I was just trying to figure out how to handle that because it, you know, this is something that was close to us. Uh, we began sharing his their story on the road, trying to reach people, you know, who might be struggling. I know a lot of people in the heavy music scene 
um, gravitate towards like heavy music because of how empowering it is. So they might, a lot of these people you find at these shows are broken or they're going through something traumatic. And so we took that opportunity to share their story and to speak out against uh, self-harm and, and suicide. And the response that we had gotten was just overwhelming. There were so many people that wanted to speak and share their stories, which is wonderful. But, um, you know, it was overwhelming. It was such a big thing. And so I think that kind of began our thought process of maybe we should be more involved and continue this journey. And shortly after we had started writing for what would eventually become a record, I Won't Survive. And that story, you know, kept coming back to me. And eventually, I, I, you know, I came up with courage to reach out to CJ and say, hey, like, we would love to share your story. Are you comfortable with this? Would you like to help us? And uh, and he was. It was incredible. He shared so much of the details of what happened and how he felt and, and how he's handled grief uh, that we were we're able to put that into words and, and create the price of grace. Since then, it's been incredible. There's been so many people that have reached out and shared their stories and, and connected with it one way or another. And um, yeah, it just kind of goes to show like just how much bigger that subject is uh, than we all knew and experience. It's, it affects everybody, uh, not just the person, you know, who, you know, unfortunately may hurt themselves. It, it affects everyone. And I think that was an interesting perspective too, to share the story through CJ's eyes, not Travis's, and show what you may do if you hurt yourself to the people you love. And so we, we told CJ's story chronologically from the moment he had gotten the news of what had happened to his friend, all the way up until him uh, reconciling with um, his grief and looking, at, looking on the bright side of knowing that, you know, he's gonna see his friend one day again. Uh, and so we, we, we told the story chronologically through the five stages of grief. So it starts right from when he, as I said, receives the news all the way up until, uh, you know, what I had mentioned. So it's been a, it's been a roller coaster emotionally. So the, the spoken part in the song, what, what was that? Is that written by you guys or was that kind of like a note from CJ to Travis? Yeah. So that's, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it, it starts from him receiving that phone call, uh, hearing, uh, you know, what happened to his friend. Uh, so we came up with the idea of what if CJ, after he had gotten that call, were to call Travis? And obviously, you know, there would be no one to answer. We asked him, what would you say if it, you know, after it had gone to voicemail? If you had like one more chance to say something to him, what would it be? And uh, and it's such a touchy thing, you know. It's like well, this is such an emotional thing. And I was like, please do not do this if this is uncomfortable. Like this is just a creative idea, and maybe it could help you and and others. Um, you know, maybe get something off your chest. This could be really special, you know. But do not do this if you know you're uncomfortable. We don't want to pressure you. Like this is can, this is on you. Like if you'd like this. And to our surprise, he was like, you know, I'm going to think about it, but uh, I'll get back with you. I need some time to process this. And uh, to our surprise, he was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And he left us a voicemail. We listened to it once and it, like it, the room stopped. Like we're like, this is real. And let's just uncensored. Let's just throw it in the song. And it fit perfectly, in, in my opinion. 
Is that you reading it then, or is that actually? No, that's him. That's actually that is him. CJ. Okay, I thought yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Wow. <laughs> this, yeah, this song. Honestly, for anybody who hasn't heard it yet, this song is extremely powerful. So I'm excited to have everybody hear it at the end of this episode. But yeah, it's it's not one to take lightly, and I think. I mean, especially for those of us who have seen it, obviously you guys have with this story, but uh, even with Zachariah and I and a lot of the metal community that we know, unfortunately, depression and suicidal thoughts are not uncommon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've shared on this show before. I, I attempted to take my own life a handful of years ago. So the first time I heard this song, um, I was working part-time at a grocery store stocking shelves, you know, before the place opened and so I'd listen to music on my phone and I, I heard this song and I'm like, man, I don't want to be crying in front of my coworkers here. But this <laughs> is yeah, it was it hit hard. Man. I'm sorry to hear that. No, I mean honestly, I've had the chance to tell my own story um you know, live, you know, at shows and stuff, and I've had people come up to me and tell me how huge it was for them to be able to hear that. So yeah. Everything that happens in your life, God can use for good. And no matter how dark of a story it may seem to be, you know, <laughs> there's yeah, always an I, opportunity for God to use it for good. Yeah. And I guess to piggyback off that, that's kind of the idea of this well, this record. But that song, too, is to uh, create those conversations and kind of you know, break those barriers a little bit. That's, that was a, I know that was a big old mind, you know, to talk about it. That's like step one, you know? Uh, and that's something I've, I've said on stage, you know, if you're, if you're struggling, you need to talk like you can't, you know, I know, I know a lot of guys like want to have this toxic masculinity complex where they're, they swallow their pain and they, and they tough it out and they, you know, you go to work and that's it, you know, but uh, I know statistically, uh suicide is like most common in like men like our age group and Three times. Yeah. yeah it's it's insane and uh communication i think is one of the first things that needs to be addressed in uh coping you know with those thoughts and feelings yep it's something and we talk a lot about obviously from the the church perspective and the biblical perspective of everything um and I'm, I don't want to put all the blame on the church because that's not how it works. But uh, I feel like there's a lot of things that have become so uh, taboo or just something that the, the general church just doesn't want to talk about because it's so touchy. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely one of them where people struggle so, I mean, even so openly. And obviously many people do it in private to the point that it takes their life or, you know, it, it causes severe damage. Uh, overall in the relationships and everything else but if it was easier to talk about in the church if groups were more likely to bring it up and actually connect with those and stay connected with those people that are struggling I feel like things would go so much better yeah definitely there's definitely a lot of pressure I think for uh I don't want to exclude any any other group here but um there's definitely a lot of pressure for young men to uh uphold this uh i don't know this this i don't want to say like toxic masculinity like it's, it's such a it's a buzzword phrase. <laughs> yeah yeah buzzword but 
um, I feel like there's a lot of pressure and to bury it and kind of hide it seems to be like the most common way of handling that. And it's, it's definitely affected me personally. Like when I had issues, you know, years back, um, like you had mentioned and, uh, yeah, communication is big and, uh, in the church too. Yeah. I, I don't know what it's like for your church or, or, or other, you know, groups, but, uh, I think that it, some of those topics should be normalized. I think it's really important. Absolutely. So you guys are all over the country as far as, you know, individuals, but, uh, do each of you stay pretty well connected to a church while you guys are out on tours or, you know, even in the midst of writing an album, you know, what have you? Uh, <clears throat> it's hard to say. Uh, I know like with COVID and stuff like that, like as far as attending churches, I, I don't know. I haven't been keeping tabs on my, my members, but um, I know in like when we're on tour, we all say like, we, we all agree, like we experience God like in such a different, more profound way. Um, it's, it's a different way of like looking at it, but, uh, you know, cause I, I know being at a church and being plugged in is really crucial, but when we're on the road and we meet people from all these different backgrounds and, uh, hearing different stories and unplugging in a way, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. Like you're able to stop and really listen to God. I think when we have those, like that quiet time, uh, like traveling, it's really special to us. And we're able to reflect more on uh, some of the experiences and people we've met. Before we switch to our topic, which that kind of touches on a little bit, I just wanted to ask, uh, is how is CJ doing now? Is he still in connection with you guys? Or are you guys still? Yeah. I think I, I reached out to him maybe three months ago. Uh, from, from what I know, he's doing really well. Uh, we did like a video chat like this and, uh, I think he's like back in school and, uh, yeah, he's, he's doing really well. Uh, he's from what I know, he's going to, can't remember which university, but he's, yeah, he's really plugged in and staying busy. And, uh, he even mentioned wanting to talk more about the aftermath of the price of grace and like how, you know, it's not all doom and gloom and now there's something to look forward to. There's a bright side and a lesson i think so i might be getting with him too to maybe finish his i don't want to say finish the story but like right, right you know, part two. <laughs> yeah like a, a part two i don't know there's there's ideas with that but um yeah he's doing well good yeah all i hear from that is there's a single coming <laughs> yeah possibly uh, that would be cool though to to see it from the other side because i mean not that this not that this song is lacking necessarily, but it definitely comes from the side of pain. Like you said, it was written yeah. from the, the stages of grief. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, I know it leaves on like a bit of a positive cliffhanger and uh, yeah, I'd like to maybe have a resolution fully flushed out. That would be awesome. So our topic that we wanted to talk to uh, Michael about is on the road, keeping the faith. It's something that I know can be struggle for many bands but for others it's not as difficult i know skillet recently connected with a pastor out of a church in arizona because they've recognized how how much of an issue it is to uh 
I don't want to say stay faithful, but to uh, stay connected and to have a pastor that really pours into them while they're pouring out in the concerts. Because when we play live, we're not just up there playing and performing. We're really all pouring our souls out in that and trying to pour into others with the hope that we have. So for your side, Michael, what is it like touring with convictions and I guess the behind the scenes of maintaining your faith i know you just said that it uh it's a different experience altogether but uh what does it look like for you guys yeah i mean it's it's not it <laughs> it's definitely not a a motley crew <laughs> kind of a you know like uh rock star cliche lifestyle at least not for us uh i know like a lot of my like coworkers or like family members will like kind of like jab and joke about that like oh must be getting crazy out there you rock star and it's like you have no idea man (laughs) like we're sleeping in parking lots we're like uh eating gas station hot dogs every night like it's not (laughs) it's not what you think man uh i don't know it's it's such a different experience for us like it's really there's not those type of temptations that we encounter and at the same time we're not really like a bunch of party guys like if we have a day off I'll tell you, like our days off are so exciting to us because we go to a mall and we shop a little bit if we can, or we sightsee, and then we go see a movie. And if we're really lucky and we're doing well, we might go out to eat at like Applebee's or Waffle House. Like that is, (laughs) (laughs) that's as crazy as it gets, man. (laughs) It's like, and it's a big day for us. We love that. You got to calm down, party animal. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Uh, No, it's just... uh, I think just accountability, you know, like we, we, I mean, we're aware, you know, of like temptations and uh, things that I'm sure we could get in trouble with, but uh, it's really just not, not something that like is really on our mind. I mean, we have a member that's married. One is uh, going to be getting married here in October. Um, you know, like it's not really in our minds, you know, and experiencing as i mentioned earlier like god and and having these really profound experiences with jesus on the road is like incredible like i can't at least for us it's just insane like i I don't think a lot a lot of people know just how good people are and it sucks because there's so much negativity out there and there's such a toxic stigma around how everybody's out to get each other and everybody wants to it's like the the number one thing that's like pinned off the top of all social medias is like terrible fighting and and something ridiculous like a fight at you know a walmart or something like in reality there is an insane amount of good people out there and generous people that we've encountered and it's i don't know if it's god i'm sure it is but it's also just the good nature of people like people want to be good people want to do good things and you'll experience it and i don't, I don't know it, it's just been a profound thing for us like we're like, wow people are really good there's really good people out there and then those moments in between where like you can unplug maybe sightsee or, or you see a mountain or like you're out we were changing the tire on the side of the highway but there's like nothing to see but like a salt lake in utah or something and it's just like you're quiet and you can like almost hear god like it's really special like i don't want to sound like a hippie or nothing but like you know what i mean like it's like those like moments you just really gotta like unplug i think and it's hard for me i know to get that 
um, being here at home, it's just so much hustle and bustle and I'm working so much. And then when I have days off, it's like, I just want to sleep. I don't want to go to church, <laughs> you know, like I, I know I should, but it's, uh, I don't know when you kind of unplug and you throw yourself out there in the world, like you have no choice, but depend on God in certain times. I feel as an interesting perspective, because from the majority of people, I guess that I've talked to granted, we've been in the scene barely a year and a half. So my time is nothing compared to your guys. But uh, from what I've seen, a lot of people tend to struggle more on the road, but I find that interesting. It sounds like you struggle more at home when you get the chance to uh, be comfortable. Yeah, don't get me wrong. We definitely struggle on the road. <laughs> like, but uh, the thing is, like, when we struggle, it forces us to depend on God. Like, sometimes, like, super literally like i like i can tell you like one of the last tours we went on josh and i had to take our van and trailer out to colorado to begin our rehearsals and the, like the whole axle of the trailer came off like not just oh, the geez. wheel the whole like axle so like it, we were dead in the water and uh it was literally like moments like that where we depend on the generosity of strangers where they're like oh like i'll tell you i have a flatbed like it's for my pole barn or whatever but I got you, man. Like, and you're like, what? You know, like these people just show up out of thin air. And it's just like, we have like two, we barely have like two nickels to rub together. And some guy with a, a you know, a, a spare trailer just shows up out of thin air and it's like, and he's doing it for free. It's like, wow, thank you, God. You know, like, but like, we were like moments before, like to the point of tears, like, God, please show up. But like, yeah. he does sometimes. It's incredible. Awesome. I, I know we have felt very similarly, but not with the whole touring side of things. We've, I think all four of us at one point in uh, Blue Fire Horizon had issues, I think consecutively, where we were all just struggling. Practices were here and there. And <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like the attack from the enemy was all around us. But uh, after yeah. a while, it seemed to, to definitely thin out. And God definitely showed that his hand was was on us so that's really good do you um i guess i have a question for you um so taking up your faith in music have you felt more vulnerable or, or i guess like uh attacked in a way Absolutely. like yeah we've experienced that there, yep. there was a point probably four months time span six five months something like that that one after another it was almost predictable because i even made a joke i'm like man hunter struggled rock struggled i struggled maddie you're next and then she yeah. hit a point where like everything was up in the air for school work like our whole life and just yeah like, it, it was um, it, i was joking but it was yeah that we we lost a member in that time i lost a in doing so i lost a very close friend like it just yeah there was a really rough time span that was no more than five or six months. Yeah, you kind of open that door for spiritual warfare. Um, the flip side of it, though, is like, well, God will always win. And the payoff is so much, you know, if you want to look at it like that, like what you're gambling is like so much bigger and better. Like you get the return you're going to have is like insane with i don't want to look at it like as a in a selfish way like we're gonna get so big now because we're crap. <laughs> but like <laughs> it's not like that i'm just saying like uh the 
the good news that you're putting out there and and the people that will hopefully respond to it is so much more rewarding than a selfish endeavor um and uh i mean like look at this like we're, we're talking right now like it had had we never you know set out to write what we wrote you know i wouldn't be talking to you guys right now that's incredible you know yeah so it's worth it like stick to it you know no it's it's been interesting i think the more that we push for it the more that we focus on our prayer and our individual study times that seems to be you know when we're trying to write lyrics that are as biblical as possible that's when we feel the presence of the enemy trying to stop us in whatever we're doing whether it's uh our wives the three of us are married and then uh maddie who is uh still in college so just everything you know it gets attacked from all sides the more that we're trying to follow which is obvious i mean it's going to happen, but it's obviously not enough to deter us in any way. Right. Yeah. We definitely, uh, speaking for the band, like we would love to encourage you guys to continue that. Uh, I know that's something that whenever we encounter like-minded bands, it's always exciting and we want to encourage them. So yeah, definitely stick to it. Well, we appreciate it. We definitely need the encouragement every once in a while. Yeah. I got one question for you now. Answer honestly, and no, none of us are going to get offended. Have you heard any of our music? Uh, I, I can't say. Uh, <laughs> have we played together at one point? No, no, no. Okay. Oh, I wish. That'd be so cool. <laughs> okay. Unless you're uh, offering. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where, uh, where are you guys based out of? <laughs> Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So you guys... Uh, I'm trying to think. You guys have some good venues. Um, there's, we've played wow. like five live shows at this point, so <laughs> we haven't played a whole lot of places. The Eagles Ballroom in uh, Milwaukee would be one of them. There's Is the, that se- the, one, the second, the one that's like three floors up. It's something like, a fam- like that. Yeah, it's like in the center of this like quirky hipster town. <laughs> but uh, you go up like five flights of like stairs, and it's this big yep. room yep. and like fallout boy and like my chemical romance it like started there like it's like one of those like legendary venues i yeah. i think so i don't know yes, what it's that's that's it's the rave right is it the rave oh, i'll look it up <laughs> i don't know but no we haven't most recently we played at uh life fest which is a big uh, christian music festival in oshkosh so that was pretty cool. We got to we opened for uh, Gold Frankincense and Myrrh. Yeah, yeah, we know those guys. And then, uh, shoot, who played Friday night? Oh, that was DAV. Yeah, DAV was after us Friday. Yeah, so, but they're local as well. So yeah. Um, wow, this is really, really, really hard to read. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, why is it so glittery? Um. Sorry, uh, I was trying to find the name of that venue in your area, um, but Life Fest—that's that's the bee's knees right there. That's what you want. That, we love Life Fest. That's yeah. awesome. You guys can play it. Well, we're hoping to uh, add in uh, other festivals this coming year, assuming that uh, the Delta variant stays away enough. But uh, we'd yeah. like to play at Kingdom Come Fest and Chains Unchained and a bunch of the other ones in the the general area. So. Yeah. yeah. The, the the big the tough thing was that uh six month or so time frame that I was saying was pretty rough on us was right about when you would want to start getting your name out and getting scheduled for all the, the summer festivals and everything. So we were pretty 
not active in that regard. So yeah, we were going to do a lot. We could have played Life Fest together. We were booked for it, but um, with COVID, it was like so tough to say. And we had we didn't have like a really big window to like decide on waiting it out and risking it or doing it. I know that was a big bummer for us. So we're right there with you, man. Like it was really tough this summer for us. Well, I can tell you right now, I know the the guy who runs uh, Life Fest every mm-hmm. year. There's absolutely no way he's ever going to cancel it again. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hell would have to freeze over before he's canceling Life Fest again. Wow. That's good news. <laughs> <laughs> so hope to see you guys there next year, at least if not before that. But uh, okay. yeah. Me any too. plans to be up in Wisconsin anytime soon? Um, uh, maybe for this fall. Uh, we're like I mentioned earlier. We're trying to uh, figure that out. We have like. I want to say more than half of our tour booked and it's not looking good. <laughs> I want to do it. I really do. We'll see what happens. Well, that's really hard with all the states having their own say in, in how open they are. So yeah. you could yeah. have entire sections of your, your tour just totally destroyed because, you know, three states in a row just don't, don't have venues open. Right. And with that routing, you know, you could be, doing a 12 hour drive, you know, like to catch up to the rest of your tour or something. And that's sometimes not financially, you know, possible. Well, we don't want to keep you much longer. Is there anything uh, closing that you would want to add anything, any advice or just some other tips for other musicians or I don't know, fans, whatever you got. Um, that's a good question. I think, uh, advice for newer or upcoming musicians. Um, <laughs> it's hard not to sound cliche. Um, writing from the heart. Uh, you know, like maybe for me, like it was hard not to write music that was like everyone else that I was inspired by. Um, and when I would, it would, it really wouldn't, I don't know, it wouldn't make much of a difference or it wouldn't like hit as, as wide of an audience as we were hoping. Um, but being vulnerable, like you guys had mentioned, uh, and kind of putting it all out there, um, the risk for reward uh, is like so much better. Like you can, you know, if you can hit one person and affect them in a, in a positive way from writing from your own heart, like I feel that's so much more worth it than to maybe write like a cool song or something that would be like a fly by night kind of a trend thing. So. I would, I would like to encourage other writers to try and write from the heart and say what they mean and, uh, and maybe not worry about, you know, what, how cool they, you know, <laughs> look or something, you know, like it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely been a blessing for me being able to try and be transparent and vulnerable. The, uh, impact is, is amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming and joining us on here, Michael. That was it was good to talk to you. I was still surprised that we even managed to get you. So, oh man, no, thank you. This is this is awesome. Well, uh, enjoy the song. We're going to be playing "The Price of Grace" right after this. So, thank you guys for joining us for another episode, and God bless. You can help support us by heading over to Anchor.fm forward slash TWIE Pod and clicking on the donate button, where you can select one of a few monthly donation rates of one dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars. All money helps to keep this podcast up and running, as well as supports lesser-known Christian artists. 
Thank you for listening, and God bless. Brother!